Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's Word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Welcome back to the Encounter Community Church Podcast. My name is Ken Balaji, and I'm the pastor here at Encounter. And I just wanted to start the podcast with a question. Have you ever had one of those moments that happened that seemed like it was a mundane experience or just an everyday practice of something that you do? And then all of a sudden it turns into something that is potentially life-changing. Last year for Christmas, my wife got me a subscription to Audible. And I think I've, I've mentioned it before that when it comes to reading, I seem to be someone who does a better job at listening to audiobooks as opposed to reading physical books. For some reason, it's just easier for me to track through an audiobook than it is actually physically reading. And it's something I'm working on trying to experiment and, and change this year. But, but thanks to that, I, I read more books or at least listened to more books last year than I ever have in, in a single year. But I would say that it must have been June-ish or so. And I went and, and I saw this new book that had come out called Winning the War in Your Mind by a guy named Craig Rochelle. So I, I decided to listen to the book just to kind of check it out because I, I've read some of his material before. I've listened to some of his material before. And sometimes he can be pretty profound. He says some really, really great things. So I thought, well, let me, let me check this out. So I listened to it and I found it causing me to think. I, I found it causing me to challenge my own personal thought processes and, and really beginning to dig into what is it that I believe. I think it's because of winning the war in your mind and having gone through that, that set me up for being able at the end of 2021 to look at that year and being able to see what are the things that I believe? What are the things that I think? What are the things that I process? And, and how does it cause me to be in this situation in which I find myself in right now? How do I do that? And, and through that, I think that that's when I was able to see, again, and I've, I've shared this, that one of my biggest struggles of 2021 was fear. And, and just this year is the year that I'm making a commitment to do that and step out of that. But I, I think it was that book that kind of laid the foundation for me doing it. And I'll tell you that once I finished listening to the book, I thought, you know what, this, this is such a great book. I, I wanna do a series on it for our church. And so for those of you who are listening for the first time or haven't listened in a while, we are on week two of this series that we've been doing called Winning the War in Your Mind. Because your mind is one of the most significant places of battle in your life. The, the, the example I like to give is, is think about it this way. I, imagine that your life is a car and what is behind the steering wheel of the car are your thoughts. So why is it so important for you to deal with the negative thoughts that flow through your mind? Because of the simple fact that if the thoughts that are driving the car are negative thoughts, then your life will live in a negative manner. And that's why we've said in the past, you cannot live a positive life while having a negative mind. Now, I, I do have to tell you that 
I had someone in my past tell me, you know what, Ken, I've noticed that sometimes your sermons can lean psychological. And, and the way they said it, it sounded like it's a bad thing that it does. And as a matter of fact, it made me like question myself. It made me wonder about myself. It made me wonder about my teachings. It made me wonder about my thought process. And it made me wonder, like, are my, are my sermons not deep enough? Are they not spiritual enough? But then I found myself going back and, and digging through the teachings of Jesus Christ. I saw a couple things that hit me pretty hard. I, I saw one where Jesus Christ heals a man who has a disease called leprosy. And, and basically, just imagine that you have this disease, and as you're walking through the town, because it was something that was highly contagious and people didn't want to be around you if you had it. So as you're walking through the town, you have to yell, unclean, unclean, unclean. How about we do this? How about you have COVID? Let's, let's relate it to that. Let's say you have COVID and you don't have anyone around you to help you, anyone to support you. You're running out of food. Maybe your internet is out. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to think of all the circumstances that would force you to actually leave your home. So you walk into the store, and as you walk into the store, you yell, I have COVID, I have COVID, I have COVID, COVID, I have COVID. And everyone that sees you, <laughs> what do they do? They run away from you because they don't want to be around you. They don't want to risk the possibility of getting COVID. I'll tell you that one of the things I found is since COVID has hit, that one of the easiest ways to get someone to back off of you, like if someone is in your personal space, the easiest way to get them to back off is just start coughing. <laughs> just start coughing. And you know what? People are back off real quickly. They just do. Well, just imagine that you have this disease where that's exactly what you have to do by law, is you have to walk through the town and you have to scream out, unclean, which basically translates into, get away from me, I have this disease, I'm untouchable. So this guy goes to Jesus and asks Jesus, hey, are you willing to heal me? And Jesus says, I am. And then Jesus has the power to say to the man, you're healed, and boom, it's done. But the scriptures say that what Jesus did is he actually reached out and he touched the man, proclaiming him to be clean. Now, why did Jesus do that? Because the man needed to be healed more than just spiritually. He also needed to be healed psychologically. Because think about the psychological damage that it does having to yell unclean, 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 and seeing people walk across the street, people trying their best to get away from you. Just imagine the psychological damage that could come from that. So then I, I thought about that. I thought, well, maybe it's not so bad. And then as I begin to, to dig through the scriptures and I begin to dig through Jesus, you know what I begin to realize? Is that when it comes to sometimes people struggling in their relationship with Jesus, Sometimes a struggle is more than spiritual. Sometimes a struggle is financial. Sometimes a struggle is physical. Sometimes a struggle is emotional or mental. 
So what, what we've decided to do as a church is we are going to minister to someone's whole being. So that means that we're going to try to figure out what we can do to help people to overcome physical blocks, mental blocks, emotional blocks, and psychological blocks that will help them to be able to come to know Jesus. And I'll tell you, our mindset, our thought process, they are psychological thought processes that can hold you back, that can really ultimately, maybe just more than hold you back, sometimes our thought processes can wreck your life, or wreck our life. That's why I think in Romans chapter 12, verse two, it tells us, do not copy the behaviors of this world, but let God transform you by changing the way you think. You know what that is? That's a psychological healing of God changing the way that you process, God changing the way that you look at things. So that person, I wish, I want to wish them the best. And, and I say this, and, and I want to make this really clear. This is not a judgment against them. I, I just think that people have to follow God the best that they know how. And if that's the best that person knows how, then hey, follow God the best that you know how. Do that. I, I think the mistake that we make as Christians sometimes is we're so, so quick to judge one another and to put one another down and to judge those who are far from God and put them down as well. I say, let's be bridges. Bridges that bring about healing and restoration. And I'll tell you, if I see that guy once again, I'm gonna put my arm around his shoulders and just, just proclaim, brother, we are in this together. But I, I think it's important for us to begin to think about this process. And, and, and we talked about this on Sunday because previously, here's what we looked at. We looked at the lies that we believe and how important it is for us to identify those lies. Because what can happen again is those lies will dictate our lives. They will dictate the way that we think. They will dictate the way that we live. So we have to identify them. That's what we talked about last week and how important it is for us to do that. Now this week, what we want to begin to do is we want to begin to look at how do we start to retrain our minds to think differently. And I talked about the idea of neural pathways on Sunday. So I'm not going to dig very much into that. I, I would say go back and watch the live stream from Sunday. That way you'll have the opportunity to, to understand. But for those of you that didn't watch it, I'll, I'll just explain it very quickly. Basically, a neural pathway is a pattern of thinking. And the more that you have that pattern of thinking, the easier it is to travel down that pattern of thinking, the more it will affect the way that you live. A prime example is one that's positive, is let's say, for example, that you have a mom or dad that is extremely supportive, and you come home with a bad grade. And so your mom or dad sits you down and just asks, what's, what's happened? What's going on? And, and you begin to explain your story. So then what your mom or dad does is says, 
hey, I, I know that you are capable of. And, and to me, it's not important. A's are not as important as this thing. Are you doing your best? And if your best in this class is a C, then be happy with that. And I will be happy with you. I mean, just imagine how you would feel going to class, and then you can assess that. Like, am I really giving my class my best? And if the answer to that question is no, then what can I do to bring out my best? Now, if I'm getting a C out of the class, I'm getting a C because I'm not doing my best, then what can I do to bring out my best? And maybe my best might be a B, B minus, B plus. <laughs> maybe it might be an A. So then what happens is when you are in a classroom and you hit that challenge, because you've gone down this way, you've created this neural pathway that says, I just have to do my best. I just have to do my best. Then it motivates you to do just that. And you're driven by that more than the grade. Now imagine that maybe you're on the flip side of that. And you have this expectation that's all about your grade. Like your grade is the bottom line thing. And so you have a parent who judges you, who puts you down. You, you have a parent who pushes you to do something more than what it is that you're capable of doing. Maybe the result of that is that you feel dumb. So then what happens is every time you take a class and you don't get an A in that class, you feel dumb. So in both situations, what you've done is you've, you've created a neural pathway. You created a way, and basically a neural pathway is just a way of thinking. You created a way of thinking that will allow you either to succeed or fail. So this is why it's so important for us to go back and, and do what we talked about last week. Find the lies that we believe because what they can do is it will allow us to examine our own neural pathways and see which neural pathway do I have is based on the lie and then how do I begin to change that by exposing that to truth and allowing change to happen. Now, I will tell you, I wish change were easy. <laughs> I do. Wouldn't it be great if you could just walk into a pharmacy and say, hey, doc, I, I need a pill that's going to help me to learn self-control. And boom, you take the pill and boom, it's instant. Hey, hey doc, I need a pill that's going to help me, help me to not eat <laughs> late at night. And boom, you take the pill and boom, you don't eat late at night. I, I want to take a pill that's going to help me not be lazy. And boom, you take the pill and boom, the laziness is gone. How great would it be to have a pill like that or pills like that? Man, if, if I could market that, I would be a millionaire, billionaire. And then not only that, imagine how the church would do because I'd be giving out of that millions and billions. I, I just love the, the thought process that it would be great if change were easy. But it's, but it's not. 
and I wonder if we miss the beauty of the process because we really would like that instant pill of change. We really would like that easy route of losing weight. We really would like that easy route of being educated or just whatever the change might be. But what if the beauty is not in the instant changes? What if the beauty is in the wrestle? What if in the wrestle I learn more about God? What if in the wrestle I learn more about others? What if in the wrestle I learn more about myself? What if in the wrestle I learn more about life? What if in the wrestle I gain tools that will help me to help someone else to build their life? What if that is in the wrestle? So rather than resisting change or looking at change, maybe this is why, maybe this is why in Romans chapter five, verses three through five, it says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. I rejoice in our sufferings. Why? Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us. Our hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he has given us. So maybe that's why, maybe that's why that passage says that. Because there's beauty in the process. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Because I think sometimes, again, and I've said this before, that one of the places that go the most unchecked or one of the areas of our life that goes unchecked the most tends to be what happens between our ears. So what if I begin to recognize that there's beauty in this process of growth and beauty in this process of change and I begin to take steps to move forward, becoming a better person as a result of it and embracing the beauty of the struggle. So when it comes to negative thoughts and beginning to build new neural pathways, Here's what I said on Sunday. I said the key to building a new neural pathway is to write it, think it, confess it, act on it until you believe it. Let me say it again. The key to building a new neural pathway, or we can say it this way. The key to building a new healthy thought pattern is to write it, think it, confess it, act on it until you believe it. So, so here's what you want to do is you want to identify the lie that you believe and then you want to find a truth that contradicts that lie and then you want to begin to move forward. A prime example is maybe you are someone who thinks that you're a failure because in your past you have failed. You carry so much guilt, you carry so much regret, you carry so much shame because of the choices that you've made in your life. So you carry that with you. So, so now, imagine that you begin to challenge that thought process. Because here's the thing that happens when you have that mindset, 
is you know that you're forgiven by God in your mind, but in your heart, you feel unforgivable. In your mind, you might think, I am loved by God, but in your heart, you feel I'm unlovable. In your mind, you might think, I am healed by God, but in your heart, you feel unhealable. And, and so that lie that has reached the depth and the core of your being has now began to drive your life. So the only way that you can combat that lie is with truth. So what if you sat down and you wrote, I am not what I did. I am not my past. I am not my failures. I am who God says I am. I am forgiven. I am restored. I am healed. I am made new. How much would that truth, if you really got it, I mean, think about it. If you really got it, how much would that truth change your life? That's why it's important to find out what are the lies that you believe? What are the lies that you believe about yourself? What are the lies that you believe about your weight? What are the lies that you believe about your finances? What are the lies that you believe about your struggles? What are the lies that you believe about your setbacks? What are the lies that you believe? And then dig into scripture and begin to combat those lies and write out truth statements. And I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself. And well, no, I'm not. So, so write out truth statements because there's something powerful about writing. I, I found this article that I thought was really great. It's called... Here's why you remember things better when you write them down. And it said this in the article, it says, your memory of, hit, of, of handwritten words is tied to the movements required to make each letter. This might be what helps the memory of what we've written hang around in our brains a bit longer. Meanwhile, pressing buttons on the keyboard activates fewer areas of the brain, so we forget what we've typed faster. And it does make sense when you look at it that way. So I love it. It goes on to say, so when you write by hand, you actually give your brain's encoding process a boost. Encoding refers to the process of sending information to your brain's hippocampus where the decision is made to either store the information long-term or let it go. If you write something by hand, all that complex sensory information increases the chances the knowledge will be stored for later. So what I want to encourage you to do is not just type it, text it, make an image out of it, post it on Instagram or Facebook. Although those things are great. But what I want to encourage you to do is actually grab a pen and write down that truth and write down that truth. And when you write it down, put it in a place where you remember it. Maybe write it down and, and, and put it on your mirror in your bathroom. Maybe write it down and put it on your refrigerator. Maybe write it down, then take a picture of it, and then put it on your phone and make it your screensaver. So it's something that you see every day on a regular basis. So here's the important thing, is every time that lie presents itself, then what you do is you go back 
and you read that truth and, and maybe write it again. But, but you want to continue to expose yourself to that truth, expose yourself to that truth, expose yourself to that truth. So that's why you want to write it. And then the next thing, remember I said that the key to building a new healthy thought pattern is to write it, think it, confess it, act on it until you believe it. Or the key to building a new neural pathway is to write it, think it, confess it, act on it until you believe it. So here's the thing about thinking about it. I love it what it says in Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. All the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. Why do their leaves never wither? Because they have, they always have access to, or access, I should say, to a food source as well as a water source. So they're, they're always nurtured. They're always nurtured. They're always nurtured. So how do you nurture your soul? Is you nurture your soul by rooting yourself in truth. That's what meditating on it does. Here's what meditating means. And, and I talked about this a little bit on Sunday, but, but I, I want to hit it again. Biblical meditation is different than Eastern meditation. Eastern meditation means to empty your mind. Now, if you need to do that, sometimes we're stressed out and we just need to do that. We need to just empty your mind so that we can fill our minds with God's word. Sometimes we need to do that. But biblical meditation is where you take something and you process it, you process it, you process it, you think about it, you think about it, you think about it, you process it, you think about it. And scriptures say, think about it day and night, process it day and night, think about it day and night. So that's what you do. So that's what meditating means, that I am thinking about it on a regular basis. I love what it says also in Psalm verse 48, where it says, I honor and love your commands. I meditate on your decrees. I honor and love your commands. I meditate on your decrees. I think about them day and night. I think about them all the time. So that's what you want to begin to do. See, here's the thing, this is why this is so important. Why do you want to write it and why do you want to think about it? Because depending on how old you are when you listen to this podcast, you've had a thinking pattern possibly for decades of your life. And because you've had them for decades of your life, it's so easy for you to now find yourself going back and thinking the same ways because you've always, in your mind, you've always thought the same way. It's your go-to thought. It's your go-to practice. When I go home sometimes, I like to sit down on the couch and I'll grab the remote and I'll turn on the television. Why? That's my go-to thing. It really is. That's the way that I instantly settle down. It's the way that I instantly relax. It's my go-to thing. But if I want to begin to change that habit, then I have to start thinking about it differently. I have to start planning about it differently. So, so it's kind of the same thing. Now, I know it's just simply television, right? But, but there are other habits and things that we do that become such a part of our psyche, that become such a part of our, wire, our wiring. We have to make it a point 
to attack that thought every day, every moment, day in, day out. Attack that thought until that thought no longer has precedence in your mind. Until, attack that thought, let's go back to the example of your life is the car and you have this, and your thoughts are the steering wheel. So if you want to take the car in a different direction, you have to change the driver. You have to change the driver. And, and I'll tell you, there, there is a difference between the way that my wife drives and the way that I drive. There is a big difference. I'll give you a prime example. We're on the freeway. And, I, and, and let's say we're using GPS. We're on the freeway. I'll look at the GPS and I'll see we have three miles to the exit. So you know what I'll do? Is I'll start working my way over and I want to be in that first lane at least a mile and a half to two miles before I get to the exit. Now, my wife, we're lucky if we get there half a mile before the exit. Quarter miles preferable. <laughs> we just drive differently. We just drive differently. And it's funny because I have my oldest daughter in the car once and she pointed that out. She's like, Dad, you could have made that light. Mom would have made it. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, why don't you get out and walk? <laughs> How about that? But what you want to do is you want to change the driver of your life. And the way that you do that is, again, write it, think about it. Write it, think about it. So remember, the key to building a healthy, a new healthy thought pattern, or a new neural pathway is to write it, think about it, then confess it. There's power in confession. This is why it says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will purify us from all unrighteousness. Now, now think about that. What does that, where does that start with? It starts with confession. Now, let me tell you, the Greek word for confession is simply means this, to agree with. It means, God, I agree with you that this is not a healthy pattern in my life. God, I agree with you that this is not a healthy thought in my life. God, I agree with you. So there is, there is power in confession. This is why it also says this in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So there is an open declaration. There is, there are words that are coming out of my mouth. I love, do you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? I don't know what that's from. It just popped in my head. I think it's from a television show, but I can't. Oh, you know what? I think it's from Fifth Element. So maybe I won't quote that movie. <laughs> but there's something about the words that come out of your mouth that are expressed. That And, and what it does is the confession begins, and this is why God, I think God wants us to. What happens with confession is confession begins to shift your soul. What happens with confession is confession causes you to truly look at yourself 
This is why the first step in a 12-step program is to admit that my life is insane and unmanageable. In other words, I can't, I can't fix this habit. I can't fix myself. So what confession does is confession yields. It says, God, I, I, I place it. I place it and I place my life into your hand. So the key to building a new healthy thought pattern, a new neural pathway, is to write it, think it, confess it, act on it until you believe it. Now you may be thinking, well, Ken, shouldn't I believe it before I act on it? I mean, ideally that would be great, but, but here's the truth. How many of us act on things that we don't believe? Or we don't act on things that we do believe. I believe over the course of my lifetime that, that exercise is healthy and that I should do it. But do I really believe it? Because here's the truth. If I don't exercise, I don't believe it. I may say it. I may think it but I don't believe it. And it's the same way when it comes to your own challenges in your brain. You have to write it, think it, confess it, and act on it. And the more that you act, the more then it becomes rooted in what you believe. And that becomes the driving force of your life. So this is why we have to, I love what it says in Psalm 119, verses 55 and 56. It says, in the night, Lord, I remember your name, that I may keep your law. Now think about that. In the night, I remember your name, that I may keep your law. Now, why is that so significant? Because here's the truth. When are we most likely to mess up? In the night, when we think we can get away with it, Right? So that's why he says, in the night, I remember your name, that I may keep your law. I remember your name. I remember who you are. I remember your work. I remember you, that I may keep your law. And it says this, this has been my practice. I obey your precepts. In other words, I act on what it is. I act on what it is, who you are, what it is that you declare. And I think some of us may struggle more because we think we believe something, but in actuality, we don't until it translates into becoming the core of our lives and the core of how we begin to live and, and breathe. Why is action so important? Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Repent, change your actions, redirect your life is what that passage is, is encouraging us to do. Another version says, now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Love that. Repent then. So that repentance is so important. Another version puts it this way, and I love this. 
Now it's time to change your ways. Turn to face God so he can wipe away your sins. Oh, I love that. And then it goes on to say, pour out showers of blessing to refresh you and send you the Messiah he prepared for you, namely Jesus. Now it's the time to change your ways, turn and face to God. So act on it. And as you begin to build that pattern of writing, thinking, confessing, acting, writing, thinking, confessing, acting, you will notice that your core will begin to change. And as your core begins to change, you know what's happening? Is you're starting to believe the truth. And now, as you believe more and more the truth, your life will become driven by truth. And as, as, as a matter of fact, now living according to the truth becomes second nature. Oh, think about the beauty of that. That, my friends, is the beauty of change. And that's how we can rewire the way that we think. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. I really do hope that it has been an encouragement to you. I really hope that as a result of this, that you have hope. If you're listening to this and you've been defeated in your life by habits and mindsets and failures and frustrations, I really do hope that you understand that your story's not over, that it's not done and that you can grow, that you can change, that you can become better, that there is hope for your life. So I really do hope that you'll embrace that and, and, and really begin to live that. Because you can be free. You can be whole. You can be new. Why? Because he who loves you and made you declares it to be so. So I also want to encourage you, if this is an encouragement to you, and you know someone who's struggling and wrestling, and you're thinking, man, this could really uplift them, please, please, please share it. And encourage them to listen to it. And hopefully they can see change happen in their lives as well. That's why this podcast exists. We really want this to be a place of hope. We really want this to be a place that you can look at and be able to say, you know what? It is possible. New life is possible. Being better is possible. And really beginning to embrace that in your life as well. So again, thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your journey. If you're listening to this podcast on our website, thank you so much for doing that. I also want to encourage you, please head over to Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, basically uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere where podcasts are played. Go ahead, find us there. Subscribe to us there or follow us there. That way, when we post new podcasts, you can get a weekly dose of encouragement to uplift and renew your life. So as I said before, thank you so much for allowing us to be on this journey with you. Well, again, as we say every week, encounter is about three things. Love up, 
Let's fall madly and passionately in love with God. Love out. Let's love others. You know, there are people who really need to hear this good news. And, and here's my dream. My dream is that we become people who live good news so well that people will look at our lives and say, I want that kind of love in my life. So let's bring it. Let's encourage. Let's uplift. Let's volunteer. Let's help. And if we do so, if we love God with all that we have and we begin to love others in this way, we'll also notice a change in us and we'll find more that we love about ourselves. Well, take care. God bless you. And make sure you join us next week as we continue to dig into winning the war in your mind. Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you could do us a favor, whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on, please rate and review us. If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find. If you would like to support us at Encounter financially with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether it's serving at North High School, or making a difference, again, in our community, feel free to head over to our website, encountercommunity.church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way, when we post new live streams or new vlogs, you'll be updated. As well as, please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way, when we post new podcasts, again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events, you'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us, and we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week.